0: Good evening, Sharon. Good evening, Obal. Uh, uh, I'm, I didn't hear either of you guys. So let's, let's just...
1: Good evening, Anthony. Yeah, good evening,
0: Anthony. All right, so this is loud and clear. I'm, I'm really excited about the conversation that we're going to have tonight uh, because bullying is something that is ever so present in 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 our world today we have it, it comes in all forms and and sizes and shapes and at different threat levels and actually bullying normally when people think of bullying they think of it in the schoolyard, they think of it among young people and while i don't mind that that concept of bullying it does set the stage early for abuse, whether it's domestic abuse or some other kind of abuse of violence in our society. And so I am very, this is a topic that I feel very passionate about. I, I wouldn't say that I was bullied as a young, as a young kid, but um, I wasn't the biggest person in school. So, so I did witness um, bullying and not be able to do anything about it. So again, a warm welcome to both of you guys to this week in interview. And uh, it's a pleasure to have you. Sharon, I'm going to go to you first, because you are the author of the book. Our conversation tonight about bullying is going to center on your work in the book, Longer Joe Takes on the Bully. So first of all, introduce yourself to the, to the audience. We had you on last year for Literary Month, but we've picked up quite a few new listeners since then. So introduce yourself to the audience. Okay. Once again, thanks for
2: having me, Anthony. And as you know, I'm Sharon Deriiver from the village of Collio in Dominica, West Coast. I enjoy writing as a hobby. I write quite a bit of books, and I live in Canada. I have come to Canada since 1999, and I'm really enjoying it. Year here is I can't remember what number book I think might be my 13th book. Wow. Yeah, and I've decided to target bullying on this week. Along with uh, Mr. Obol Andrew Jackson, who did the illustrations for me. Right.
0: So, so, so since you mentioned his name, let me jump to him and introduce, have him introduce himself. Obol Andrew Jackson. You have to tell me which one of those names you prefer for me to call you. <laughs> um, but Very welcome. Easy. Welcome yeah. to um, this week interview. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, so you can call me Andrew. Everyone calls mm-hmm. me Andrew. Okay. And then the
1: inner circle friends call me OG. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, really last creating this book was really nice. But before I go into that, uh, I'll tell you where I'm from. Uh, I originally came from Uganda. Uh, and in 2013, I settled in Canada with my wife. And uh, the whole time I've been a freelance illustrator, uh, doing several jobs, uh, of which is a uh, prison press Um, publishing company where I got a chance to work with uh, Sharon on the Longo Joe book. And um, yeah, so that's just basically it when when it comes to my illustration work. But yeah, it was really a pleasure working on the book, Uh, Longo Joe Takes on the Bully. And having experienced bullying myself in my uh, (laughs) early years of school, uh, it wasn't as brutal. And we became friends with the bully, but, you know, it happened. And uh, so, taking from that experience and also enjoying Sharon's descriptive writing, I was able to produce the illustrations here.
0: Yeah. So, Sharon, let's jump back to you. And um, your decision to register, you're a prolific writer. Uh, you said so this is probably your 13th book. Uh, is there a particular, do you have a particular preference for the type of stories that you write?
2: Right now I do enjoy the short stories because in Dominica, we did have that um, tradition known as the court mm-hmm. and I really enjoy the messy quick stories. So when we share short stories, we, I'm able to describe my experiences what I've been for. So longer to take on the bully is part of my experience. I have also been bullied and that was my way of, the <laughs> of handling the bully. Because if I didn't handle the bully, I go home, Mama beat me. It's like don't come and complain to her about the bully.
0: <laughs> That's one way, right?
2: One way of doing it
0: No, no, no because that, that that is a that is a powerful lesson. Uh, when you're bullied, yeah, you have to deal with ways, you have to know techniques and ways to deal with, with the bullies. But, but I want to stay on your writing a little bit before we go directly into longer, Joe. Uh, what other type of writings do you do?
2: I have done some poetry. Mm-hmm. I have just finished a real-life story on abuse, rape, um, child abuse, Um the whole... Idea on this topic. Um, I have also written songs and I'm working also on an autobiography for somebody in Ontario.
0: You're on somebody's um, biography? Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. You pretty be a pen, your pen doesn't get a rest, eh?
2: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, admire, I admire people who can write because from ever since I was small, I always read a lot. I'm always reading. And because I'm always reading, I'm always half convinced that I can write. Mm-hmm. But I've never written voluntarily, not, not not to any great extent. I've written for assignments, I've written at work and that kind of thing. But to do an extended um, writing session where I'm going to write a story just from my head for the sake of it, I have not been able to do that. So I, 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 I always admire people who can just sit and write. So give me a little bit of a hint, do you? I mean, some people have do it as a routine. They write first thing in the morning or they write in the evenings, or some people write on the weekend, or some people are just spontaneous and something pops in their head and they write, or that sort of thing. What type of writer are you?
2: For me, I do it on the go. Because what I have found, if the idea come in my head, I don't write it down right away, it's gone. And even if I try to remember it, by the time I write it down, it's different from what first came into my mind. So at work, I have my notebook. Anywhere I go, I have my bag, you'll find a pen and paper in my bag. I'm always writing stuff. Whatever is a muse, whatever comes. I might get an idea from somebody passing somebody walking on the street, I jot that down. Something happened at work and it interests me, I write that down, but I put it in an interesting way, not fully their story because as you know you can't just write somebody's story, so that's why I write mostly fiction. And as of this year, I have started writing true stories as per the people I am paid to write for. So you will know more about that in the next coming weeks. They are all true stories this year. And it will be different. I don't know how different it's going to be. Because some people have warned me, people will come after me because it's not fiction, like London Joe, where I totally make up the characters based on real-life um, people, but mm-hmm. it's fiction. So we will see how it goes with the real-life stories.
0: Okay. And, and Andrew, I, I'm going to come yes. to you because you did such an excellent job uh, with the illustrations in this book, and the audience will get a chance to see some of those illustrations. Is it that you have a preference for illustrating children's book or...? Tell, give me a little bit more yeah. about your
1: work. Yeah, uh, I did experience both at a, at a particular close time. Uh, both, I mean, I did some commercial illustration for like, storyboarding for TV adverts and uh, you mm. know, billboards. And then right. I got experience working with children's books with, uh, at a certain company in Uganda. And I found I really enjoyed uh, drawing children's books. Uh, it's much more expressive and not too controlled. Uh, and it's uh, most times, it's stories you can relate to. While on the other hand, with the commercial stuff, it's it's kind of plastic. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So. And so, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. So when you do your illustrations, um, do you do like like Sharon says, an idea comes into her head and she pops, she writes it down as an illustration? Yeah, when she was saying that, I was just and, laughing. And, huh? Do you yeah, do just okay. judge them and sketch them out and say, I mean, this may come in useful at some time in the future? How, how does that work? Yeah,
1: just like Sharon does it. Uh, if I don't note it down or put down a few lines of gesture, I forget the idea and it's gone. It's not always the same when you try to remember it again. You would have lost some bit of it yeah, or lost it entirely. So I have a small sketchbook I walk around with. Uh, I also have this iPad, with, uh, it has a pencil. So every time I turn it on, I can put down a line or two. And then when I really sit down to work on it,
0: I begin from there. Wow. So so you have this little book that you walk around with different sketches and so on. And then yeah. you come up on a story, and you might flip back and say, "Okay, this is this is probably a scheme or something that I can that I can use to tell that story." Mm-hmm. That,
1: yeah and it's much easier when um uh you're working from a script uh for most times i work with a script like okay uh sharon prison press provided me with a a script from sharon and i i put it down on my table and i read through the whole thing and then as i'm reading ideas are coming through the scenes and i remember i did a lot of research before i i really got to drawing because she talked over the school. I forgot the school name, Sharon, but...
2: Collio uh, Government School.
1: Yeah, so I went you know, and looked up... Uh, oh, when really? Saw the school,
2: <laughs> when my cousin's name uh, I in Collio saw the school, I said, is that Collio Government School? <laughs> I said, yeah, I said, I did not tell him. I did not show you a picture of the school at all. <laughs> so that was yeah, great.
1: so I picked up the name Collio Government School and I went and looked it up. Uh, there was, wasn't really great pictures on the website. There was like half a picture of Collio and so I took that half and I took Sharon's description in the in the script and I read it and I was able to draw a map of how the school is oriented and uh, I managed to pull through a lot. And I think the situation of the mango tree, the big mango tree and uh, the, the school where the stairs go upstairs, the stairs go up. Upstairs. I was able you to the find good that. job on that. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. yeah, you did an awesome so, yeah, job. Was
0: <laughs>
2: I was surprised. I'm like, is this guy spying on me? How he knows?
0: Because I know. I-, <laughs> I, I guess that I guess that's the professionalism that 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 kicks in there. Yeah. When you, you take your you take your work to the next level, yeah. because it would be so easy to just draw what's in your head—a school in Uganda or a school in mm-hmm. Canada, mm-hmm. Or, you know—we have we all have a typical, I guess, representation of some kind of school in our head, and I guess that would have been good enough. But I guess good enough is not. It's not good enough. Yeah. What what type of... You say you use your iPad to draw, but when you don't use your iPad, what do you use? Colored pencils? Uh,
1: when I... Uh, I try to stay away from colored pencils because it's too coarse. Uh, usual, I use a lot of watercolors if I'm going okay. traditional. Uh, pencil, HB pencil for sketching mm-hmm. uh, on a typical 8 by 11 sketchbook. And uh, I really start loose and then I go to black ink line works when i'm sure of the sketch i have and that's of course after the sketches have been approved by the author right I'll ink it make it nice and clean and then from there on take the line work and put it in the computer where i have a design software called photoshop Mm from photoshop i'll color it up Uh, these days there's really upgraded the software where you can be able to get the effect of watercolor color pencil oil paint, whatever you wow. want. And so I colour it from there. Yeah. You know what,
2: what I suspect people do when I go on readings, they'll take they like to pass their hand on the book because they expect to feel the rawness of the act, <laughs> but then there's nothing. It's like, oh isn't that so much oil? And they'll go through and they'll rub their hands onto each page. <laughs> but
0: but yeah. but, that, but that is something that that's something that makes you feel proud because it means that your your work is actually seem like it's coming out of the page that somebody wants to, mm-hmm. to feel it and almost wants to feel the texture. Yeah, it creates a richness
2: to you.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Well that, so that's interesting. So so, so Sharon, in a sense, the illustrator is also a storyteller because, because you tell the story and then the illustrator reads your story, especially the fact that you guys are not in the same space. So, so he cannot keep bugging you. What do you mean by that? Or what is this? Or what is that? He has to read your script, interpret it, and almost tell the story in his own words. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least his understanding of the story. So what, we'll talk about that process. The first you, Sharon, when you got it back from him and you, I guess, interacted back. And then, Andrew, I'm going to come to you to, to talk about that process a bit. Well, it was a long
2: wait. I'm mm. like, oh, man, is it going to be possible? Is he going to do it? Did I speak clearly? Did I write it well enough? Mm-hmm. And I waited, I waited. I called my husband, like, you know, you think they're going to do it? They're going to pull it through? He's like, have patience. They will do it. And when it comes, it came first in black and white, I believe. I'm like, yeah. Hmm, mm-hmm. black and white. Then they send the caller. I said, no, I'm confused. Should I choose black and white or should I do, <laughs> <Really>? <laughs>
1: should
2: I do a coloring book? Because I'm like, I took a yeah. while to respond. Then I finally choose color. Mm-hmm. My husband said, no, choose colour, but then you have the choice of giving them a colouring book later. You know, so that's what I intend to do. But like I was uh, really happy to see that he have read my script properly. And he even went and do extra, like he was in calling you. I said, oh, he must have money. Did he go to Dominica?
1: <laughs> <Because> <laughs>
2: you saw he put the clouds. And the sea and the river and everything. I'm like, wow, that's nice of him. He went to Dominica. He must have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you say he must have money because you know you didn't pay him that much, right? <laughs> to buy a ticket to go all the way. I didn't fly to that Dominica, time, right? <laughs> no, but that's that, that's brilliant. And Andrew, let's talk about that a little bit, and then we're going to jump into the actual story. But when you all get right. that script, um, and you. I mean, I, I imagine some scripts are more difficult than others to, um, to translate mm-hmm. into, into graphics. Um, but what yeah. makes a script especially enjoyable to work with?
1: Yeah, I mean, the simple description of the script really makes it easy for, for me or, or other illustrators to interpret. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, describing certain landmarks in the scene that you need, that I can take from and then map out around that. Um, you know, uh, just describing the color of the characters, the hair, or you know, the certain minor attributes of them. Like, uh, what do they do when they're happy? Do they jump around? Like the girl who was on the stairs, and she jumped when she got the news that there's a fight. <laughs> yeah, so that helped me get the character of her. Like, she's really excited that this fight is happening. Um, so I take those little things, and I and I go into the drawing. But also, I take the knowledge I, re- I received I learned from school where, you know, Sharon talks about I drew the, the river and the ocean. So there's basic knowledge I have where I know that the a, a ocean has a horizon. And if I'm looking from the hill, there's a slope that takes you down there. It's perspective. What's close will look small over there. So the boats were really small. And I put in all that information when I'm, uh, wow. when I'm drawing. And of course, the research is key. Yeah. Like, I had to look up what Lanko cans of paint looked like back then. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so I looked it up as well.
0: Yeah. yeah you, you did a good job. So, so Sharon, when I was going to, I, I grew up, you grew up on the west coast of Dominica. I grew up on the east coast in Casabrus. And when there's a fight in, in the schoolyard in Casabrus, the kids used to shout, he gas. Are you familiar with that term on the West Coast as well?
2: Yes, I am. Yes,
0: <laughs> yeah. <Okay. laughs> because when you hear he gas, it used to, it's almost okay. like you get a frenzy and, and then you know, one or two people start, and then more people hear, and more people say it, and everybody is converging to the scene <laughs> of the fight to get some. I guess there was no television at the time, so that was our form of visual entertainment. but but i guess a lot of those fights end okay because a few fists, fist fly um maybe somebody get a a a, a burst on their head or something but it generally ends well Mm -hmm. Well, nowadays where we have so much more violence in the media and um and it's not so much of a far far out fought to actually cause injury. Um, How much did you think about those type of um, nuances, those type of balances when you're writing the story as to how much you want to make it entertaining, but how much you want to focus on the serious side of of violence that is manifested in a fight? Well, I
2: I didn't get much for it. I wrote straight raw material, straight from my experiences mm-hmm. because I have had many fights myself. Mm-hmm. So I interjected what I felt, what I have done, what I have seen on, and I put it in the story. And as, I want to read from what um, Sarah Wilson Hackensack said. She's from New Jersey also. I don't know if you heard from her, heard about her.
0: Mm-hmm. She's
2: a literacy book scout. And when she read the book, she said, This book offers a holistic approach while exploring the development of imperfect but likable characters, a very pensive approach as the author shares her personal experiences. She went on, this book will unveil a whole new world of the and reveals the reader's inner strength. I am surprised by the certain degree of risk in the writings and the mind bending truth of bullying in all that is shared in this book will result in readers stepping outside their comfort zone. The kids' temperaments, mental health, peer pressure, and dynamics in the family are all factors in how it plays out in the story. And I, being a healthcare aide, I wanted to touch on this holistic view of healing of dealing with bullying in the schools. Because I had done another project called The Storm, which was um, taking action on bullying mm-hmm. right here in Camrose. Because even in the school, it was terrible. And after our first interview in May of 2019, the principals went on and tried to target bullying. Because there were <laughs> a couple of fights. Based on that, people figure, OK, if they did it like in Dominica, they tried it. and then. It wasn't really what um, I wanted for them to, uh, to bring up that form of bullying, to, mm-hmm. of taking of bullying, but it happened. I think there was also a case in the States where one student got killed. And that wasn't my interpretation of dealing with the subject. But I'm happy that this book came out and the principals year in turn took a very active part action on bullying, and they have introduced it to the schools. so I'll be doing more readings after this uh, disaster, this COVID-19 has passed, and hopefully they will understand deeply my view of what the approach I was t- trying to infer, and not showing that we as Dominicans are a violent race, but this is how it was handled, as I said before, if I go home crying to mom, she would whip me, what are you crying for? you fight back. You know, like I'm um, different, and I don't know if Andrew had the same experiences in Uganda. Uh, I,
1: I, I got bullied, but uh, I think everything would just stay at school and dry my tears and go home. And I totally <laughs> told my parents it <laughs> would be another scenario. So I learned how to keep it within. Yeah.
2: So, what would have your parents done had you take it home to them?
1: Actually, I can't really know because. Uh, None of my sisters or brothers ever expressed that, so I don't know where to, where to pull the reaction from. But from my imagination, my father, for example, is a very tough person. You can't take any bullying for Justin and just let him go. And he's a policeman. And uh, I, when I observe my eldest brother, he has a hot temper, so I don't think any bullying on him can go well. So I imagine they'll tell me, you know, be strong, fight back as well, so. That's all I can do. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: And you know, there's so many different, you see, if, even in the three of us, there's so many different experiences. Um, my mother was a, a preschool teacher and um, she did not believe in fighting mm-hmm. at all. And so if if she were to get the idea that, we, that I was fighting at school, I would get a beating when I got home whether it was my fault, whether I started it or whether I was defending myself because she was always of the opinion that you shouldn't fight. There's no reason to fight. Even if somebody hit you, you should not fight. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's a, that's a different um, experience. I raise my children differently. I raise my children to say if somebody comes at you, you go back at them harder so that they will not to come at you a second time. Um, but so, so, uh, and, and, and so Sharon, I want you to talk a little bit more about the experiences that you have when you actually go into the schools and do the reading, because that's a benefit that comes from having the book rather than kids experiment with fighting or running away or hitting back. And sometimes the ideas are always, well, it's better if you they go through it, through the act, through the writing, where they see the story and then they can discuss Mm-hmm. And, and, and explore different options and different actions. So tell us a little bit more about your experiences in going to the schools and, and re- doing readings from your book. What type of questions were you getting from your students, etc.? That sort of thing.
2: First of all, <laughs> they really liked the cover. As you can see, they were asking me, why are they taking their clothes off? And so my answer to that was like, first of all, fighting in school was forbidden. Mm-hmm. They, you cannot fight in your school uniform so they had to take it off and it's like somebody will say oh <laughs> look at his pants have a hole because you know yeah there's a a depiction of poverty you can see his pants right. are on the like under- mm-hmm. hole hole." something to them it's funny so like when i talk to them i tell them this book is not to encourage them to fight this book is just teaching them <clears> of <throat> what bullying is and uh, different ways of handling it Another question they were asked, they asked me about my country. Like, how comes, oh yeah, like that? How comes, like, they're so skinny? I told them, like, based, although they are based on true characters, they're not perfect. You know, it just prove that in real life, people are not perfect. These kids, they're not perfect. And like them, the students I'm, I'm talking to, I'm reading to, they are not perfect. Then we went in and I told them a little bit more about Dominica. And they really loved going on to DBS radio I put a site, the link there mm-hmm. and you listen like how oh, you guys sing, speak like that. It's like we're singing. <laughs> I said oh, how Dominicans talk. And they say, I can't understand him. Like you speak too fast. Like, you know, maybe you can hear it from me. I speak fast. I say, I say, why? And I would explain a little history of why we speak like that. I talk about our creole heritage, the mixture of French and English and, Sp- and Spanish. And the Kalinago language and why we speak like that. Then they would ask me, what's that tree? I said, it's a mango tree. Some of them have never tasted the mango. And some said, okay, you will ask your mom to get some mango. They went and buy it. And I come back and say, oh, I didn't like the mango. Some would say, oh, the mango is very nice. And it's like, can mango trees grow in Canada? I said, no, it can grow probably in your house by a wooden bear. And when they flip through the pages, they would be just more interested in the photos and then they would try to draw like their own. As I encourage them, I invite them to write their story, like a response to this story. And some of them had gone on to write it. And I was really impressed with that. And the teachers really like that because that way I am also helping with an English slash history slash art class in a way.
0: Like geography.
2: Yeah, even geography, yes. Yeah. They asked about the illustrator. Is he your brother? Like, no, he's not my brother. In fact, I've never met him. Like, how can you do that? How could he have done that like that, like he said in the book, and you never met him? Like, this is how, how it is. Like, you know, there's technology. And through art, maybe one day you can become an artist, so you become an illustrator like him, because this is really a valid career you could have from that. They couldn't believe that you could have a career from art from drawing from people, and then the teacher would help me. It's like, yeah, you can, like, you can be a writer, you can be an illustrator, you can be an artist, you could be a singer. And then some of them have actually said, okay, I want to be an artist. And then they're practicing and that. So opening job opportunities, opening avenues for learning, you know, that's the kind of um, questions and answers that I, I exchanged.
0: Okay. So I think I want to, um... Let's see if we can get some of some of this up on the screen, where we can um, we can either you, know, you can show some of the illustrations, some of Andrew's illustration, okay, mm-hmm. as well as um, we can we can get you to do some re- to read a passage for us. Let me see if I can um, share my screen here and. Uh, Screen, yeah. So, can you can you see the um the book is up on the screen, right?
2: Yes, I can. I can see
0: it. Andrew, can you see uh, can you see a brilliant illustration? I can see it. Oh yeah. So so yeah, yes see, uh, this this, this Ch- is Chopea just missing punches. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. um, so, so, so Sharon you, you want to read uh, um, the, those two um, pages so listeners can get an idea of, of the descriptiveness and, uh, of the writing
2: okay, page 24 mm-hmm. Longer Joe old pal he whispered this may be fun for you but it's death to me He'll hit all the fight out of you in another five minutes. And what then? Use your legs. He'll lose his wind faster that way. Heat at his body too. Langojo felt the wisdom of the council and realized that he couldn't go in and finish Mr. Chupit off if he only used his scrawny hands. He fought cautiously, leading his enemy into a dance all around the ring. He's messing around. Go in, Fadzo. Catch him, finish him off! Screamed the small boys of the Chupits
0: gang. <laughs> yeah, so you know, uh, listeners, you have to you have to buy the book to get the rest of the story, uh, but it's it, it's just brilliantly written. You see the illustration. You, I mean, you will feel like if you lean in, you might get hit by one of those punches. <laughs> so, so, the illustration is actually brilliant. Um, Andrew, you want to point out a few things about, that, about, about the scene that's in front of us that you, <clears throat> that, such, uh, um, that you paid special attention to or a lay person like me might, um, yeah. might miss as so, a detail?
1: Yeah, so uh, this scene was particularly hard to draw. Uh, I, had to, I tried a few positions, maybe one from the ground, straight up uh, camera angle, until I finally decided to elevate uh, the short and from above mm-hmm. it's called the uh, uh, eagle's eyes view and so i was mm-hmm. able to get the image of uh, you know chope and Longojo joe dancing around the ring and people cheering mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I quite like that page yeah also you can see the body characters of the of the of chope and Longojo joe and it's from the description i got of uh, you know the characters i was able to pull out how they look. You know, Chopier was really big, buffed from the upper, upper side and really with tiny and scrawny legs, uh, while uh, longer Joe is really athletic legs and tall, but really not, not much meat on his upper side. Right? So
0: Not not meat nice on top of that. <laughs> like,
1: yes, really. Like, <laughs> mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: One so, reader mentioned
2: this is, this is that
0: they racism. Say it again, Sharon.
1: Pardon, Sharon.
2: Um, on this page, so one reader mentioned that they read a bit of racism in this book. Like when you read it, Anthony, did you see racism at all? Because like I didn't intend for any racism to be portrayed this.
0: Um, like anti-black racism?
2: Yeah, that's one reader, um, actually, uh, Lon Vanda would say. He said it's a bit of racism in there, and I didn't mean meant for that. What, was that.
0: Was that a, was that person Dominican?
2: No, he's from Canada.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, that is probably why, because as a Dominican, I so identified with the school that fight, mm-hmm. you know, um, and of course we are we are black people, we are African people in dominica and so i i I don't know what aspect of racism maybe in a in a north american context one might say that there is a stereotyping of of african african american african canadians or african in general as being violent people and so um talking about them fighting might be um going into that but but no um, Schoolyard fights exist everywhere there's a schoolyard. And if the majority of students are black, then who's going to fight? The black people are going to fight the black people. So, so um, I, I think if this scene was set in a Canadian school where most of the kids were white, it would be two white kids fighting. Or if it was a case where there was more of a mix of ethnicity, it might be two kids of different ethnicity fighting so no i did not um being dominican i did not but then again you know that i guess that's the thing with, with you guys and you guys can correct me but that's my sense of 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 artists that when you put your art out there um it's risky because you mm-hmm. you expose yourself to people interpreting your messages or you never intended them to be interpreted
2: mm-hmm.
0: andrew have you ever had that sort of experience as well
1: yeah uh, I've had that sort of experience um the, the experience, like experience of Sharon getting the feedback of see people someone finding this racist uh, i did not uh, it didn't come across to me as racist at all mm. um, so I don't know where to start from there uh, <laughs> this, uh, yeah it's a typical school year and fight, and I see this is some kids who almost look white there and uh, you know I was like what? when the description was in the book. And uh, Mm -hmm. so I guess the history of Dominica used to have really some white kids, I suppose, in the the community. Um, But on the other side, some other work I've done in the past. Uh, Some people might have read it wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. But I haven't had many of those instances since my illustrations uh, most of the time are quite clear but this is due to practice. Mm-hmm. And my, my school time, my professor, I think, uh, really helped me that, that uh, uh, just control that, that illustration aspect where I don't confuse the readers. He said, uh, I remember he told me if you draw something and, and you have to explain it, explain it more than two times, then something is wrong with it. So I always perfected it so that I deliver on the first time. Right.
0: right.
2: You know what? Too another thing that the resident, I um, said to my kids, said they're very appreciative of this book because they they never see books in their library that sh- that looks like them. So it's very nice to have like books with black characters, and they they like the like the like, um the You know, I can see different yesters of blacks. How we come over year, you know, and so like there's not many black people going into the schools there. You know, but like they like to touch a year. Like so when I go, they're like, "Oh, can I touch you a year?" They will touch it. And my son is like, you know, mm-hmm. I appreciate that, mom, because I don't get a lot of um black um stories. Of anybody mm-hmm. that looks like me. So thanks, um Andrew, for that.
0: You're welcome. <laughs> I'm gonna try this if I can get the cover because you show the cover a lot. And people, listen, let's get, get a, a a quick glimpse.
2: <laughs> this one is <you> just short. <laughs> When people see it, it's like, I'm like, boom, in your MA. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm so,
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, like uh, how Anthony was saying, you know, we can use, we can fight back through art or writing. So, you know, yes. in this art, I was like, okay, this is the time to pay back this Bully, And I really drew those punches. To make sure they
0: land, mm-hmm. and you feel the pop yeah. when you read it, you know. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, the, the two of you guys made a very good team, as often the illustrator to really, you know, bring bring the book out. the The story itself is very descriptive, and then the mm-hmm. the graphics, the illustration helps with the with the interpretation, because uh, it is written in a culture that's very different from a North American culture. Uh, and and mm-hmm. so although, as I said, the, every school year has school that fights, but mm-hmm. you, you describe much more than just the fight. And so uh, for folks who, who read your book, they get a little slice of a Dominican experience. Mm-hmm. So, so I think this is a good place to, to, take, to pause and give both of you a chance to talk to the audience about how they can find your work um andrew i'm going to let you go first how can viewers find your work how can they contact you if they have work for you to do and and that's so tell us how what's your contact information and about your business side of it
1: so uh i'm basically a freelance illustrator um Mm -hmm. to see my work you can go on the uh, Freezing Press website. You can be able to see some of it And also freezingpress. Uh, mm-hmm. dot com. Okay. It's, uh, yeah, it's in Victoria, D.C. But uh, they, don't, they have an online website where you can see the work and the books are illustrated. And you can also take mm-hmm. a look at Longer Joe there as well as on Amazon. Uh, the other place you can find my work would be uh, on my Facebook account, you just have to look for Obol Andrew Jackson, and uh, the name comes up. Um, for contacting me if you need any work done, you can reach me on 587 591 6363. So that's Lloyd. 587 587- mm-hmm. 598. Excuse me there, let me uh, find the area code. Five eight seven. Five eight six
0: three. Six three six three. Okay. And and also yeah. what I'll do is when I'm posting the when I'm posting the link for this, I will also put some of these um links on there as well. So who is your typical client? Who who are the people who can use your services? So my typical client would be uh, you know, authors or books.
1: It doesn't have to be children's books only. It can be even science fiction or adult books. Um, it's also textbooks. Uh, I recently finished a textbook illustration job for a certain professor in Edmonton University of Alberta and learning how to teach young children. A textbook is meant to be for teachers. And I also currently I'm working on another children's book for my author in Uganda. Uh, titled uh, um, uh, "Education is sweeter than than honey," and it's about you know the child has to go through, has to have a passion to learn and you know reap the fruits in the future. Um, yeah, so children books and anything,
0: even storyboards, I can do that. Storyboards for commercials and stuff like that.
1: Commercial film documentary.
0: Yes, I do that. Okay, too. okay, awesome. Okay. awesome. Well, I'll check out some of your work. Um, you say your Facebook page is Andrew Jackson? Oboll, yes. O-ball, Andrew. Andrew Jackson Oboll. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so we'll find you on Facebook and put we'll out some other examples of your book. Sharon, you said this is probably your 13th book and, you, and it's probably not the last one that you wrote. So you are on number what now? Well, I have
2: two more. I'm maybe on number 17. Seventeen. It's not published. Oh. I have two that's not published. I'm working on right now.
0: Okay. So how do people find your work?
2: Well, you can find my work online or any online store, Amazon. Um, depends which one you're looking for. Lulu, Prison Press website, Ex Libris, Offer House, and some brick and mortar stores.
0: Okay. Which okay.
2: um, uh, what's it called? It In- Ingram. Ingram has a very good, um, uh, do you call it? A good setup for selling books. So once the book get there, they have the brick and mortar stores that they put the books in there for us. So that's like which really helps me a lot. So they can find that there. They can go to their store, to their bookstore, and they can ask for my name. And they, sometimes the bookstore owner is able to order for them directly, and they will have to pick it up. Okay. But it's always cheaper to buy straight from my publishing house, which I find like mm-hmm. in, a, I get like, first of all, well, I get a little bit more royalties, and so with the illustrator, uh, when you buy a straight from prison Ex Libris or for house.
0: When you buy straight Amazon,
2: from with Amazon, when you buy straight from the publishing house, from, the, from like Frizen Press, for example, I'll get okay. a higher royalty than when you buy from Amazon. I still get, okay. but then Amazon, everybody has to get their cut. All the stores, everybody has to get a coat of that. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because of Freezing Press. Okay. Yes. So, so that's your work. You can find, as she said, you can find her work on, um, on Freezen Press, as some of it. They also said Lulu. And then you also sell at Ingram um, Publishing, right? okay? And I, w- and I will put Andrew's um, information on there as well. Okay, so I want you to, I want you to take five minutes, Sharon, and, and, and talk to young people about bullying. Um, that, that was the theme of, of, of the story, and you say you also go to schools and do readings, and so you have a little bit of interaction with young people. So if you had the chance, and you have the chance right now to talk to Folks, because one of the reasons why I invited you on is because so many people are in their homes right now. Schools are online, yes. parents are working from home. And so I'm trying to encourage people, folks to, to read more. And so it's a unique opportunity to, to talk for parents to talk to their children about bullying. Their kids might be bullies or their kids might be bullied. And, and so I, I want you to take a, a few minutes and speak about bullying, as if you were talking directly to parents and kids of, the, of that age, impressionable age.
2: I'd I, like to tell you that. I, With bullying, no one, no one is exempt. And if you have a choice to either fight and become violent, I would say, choose kindness over violence choose to show that you're not here to harm but you're here to teach and learn from each other to um, share love instead of hate to if you you find that your son or your daughter is being bullied and you don't know how to do with it instead of going as a parent and actually going back and fight that child or encouraging your child to fight Educate your child. Find books like, such as Longer Texts and the Bully, and there are many others on that at um, theme. And read to your child. Even get your child to tell you stories on bullying. Or ask him, how would you deal with bullying it were you? Should somebody hit you, how would you deal with it in a different way? Write a compare and contrast way of handling the bullies. What would you like to tell that bully? What are you trying to show? What is the example you want your grandkids to see from you? Do you want to be known as a big tough bully of the schoolyard, or do you want to be shown like Longajo as a kind-hearted guy who will stand up to you when the calling is called? You know, when it is called to fight, he Joe came. And as some people have said to me, they want to see Longajo grow up as the man that will um, fight for his people. That fight for Dominicans, fight for Blacks on the whole, fight for any ethnicity, I would say. So on bullying, ask your kid, you know, do you really want to come home with a broken hand or even end up dead? You know, what is the best way? What's the best approach? You know, and some teacher I would say, like our friend George in Collier, she did a lot, she used that book to make a program called the Behavior Modification Program in Colley And I think it's doing well, because I haven't heard any fights in that uh, village school yet. And she's really appreciative of that. She, um, hopefully, if I go to Dominica, I'll go and do a reading for them. But I think people can learn from her example and make similar programs. As they're doing here in Camrose, in um, the Camrose Composite High School. They are handling bullying. I've talked to the principal there. And I have talked about um, the international, talked about the international students that they have there and how, when I went, gone there to um, actually to uh, art, they had an art night and I went and buy this guy's um, art and he's not from Canada, he's from Spain. And somebody yelled at me, we don't want starve no starving artists. This is a form of bullying. I want to say, no, this stops, this stops, not because they come from a, uh, Different culture from you from a foreign island, you think that they're poor, for to treat them like that. This was hurtful and this will not be accepted anymore. i went to another school and they were said, um, oh, she chose an illustrator of her own kind. How do you know that I've chosen an illustrator of my own kind? I, have, I did not even met him until now. I didn't know who they gave me, you know, because I think that my my a um, publishing house, purposely does that. So we cannot um, be racist. We cannot say, oh, we want this kind of person. We don't know what we get. That alone teaches me to love. And even though yet I, I tackled bullying, it teaches me love to show kindness and to encourage the students to grow up differently than what they have known. You know what your father or mother tell you to fight back? No, go to school and show hey let's be friends yes you're different from me but not hate but love you know peace promoting peace always no strings attached loving without borders
0: loving without borders i like that yes. <laughs> i actually love that no the, the, this is powerful and i, and I read the longer Joe story um the first thing that struck me was was what happens all the time mm-hmm. that that people witness violence, witness somebody being unfair to another person and either because of fear or because we're too busy going along for our lives or we think it's too risky, we allow it to happen until one person comes and that one person stands up and says, no, what you're doing is not right Um, and Mm -hmm. I am going to defend that person. And we see less and less of that again because when we were young and growing up, when I was young and growing up, people used to throw fists. Maybe mm-hmm. somebody had a razor or get us like caught or something. Nowadays, people carry guns, guns and people oh. have longer knives. And so it really takes a brave and courageous person to stand up because you may be risking more than just um, getting your pride hurt. Yes. But at the same time, the reason why the bully is doing that feels they can they're they're free enough to bully somebody in public, is because they're counting on you being part of the bullying by not standing up to them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and so Andrew, you 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 did a good job in in extracting that message that Sharon was trying to bring out. That
2: because you, see... With Kirvin when he was holding Kirvin by the collar before a longer Joe interrupted him, and he's like telling Curvin, "Why? Why did you tell Mister Macpherson who we'll punctured his tires? If longer Joe wasn't there, this little eight-year-old boy would get a solid beating from Chuki, you know." Right. So it's good when people step in and say, "No, this ends here."
0: Right, mm-hmm. and 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 that and that is that I think was a powerful message that even if we perceive that we may not have it it's not our business it is our business because mm-hmm. if we allow bullying to happen that whole general atmosphere of fear and violence is allowed to foster it's going to come back and affect us mm-hmm. and and you got that you got that feeling um very strongly andrew when you were doing the illustration was that part of what you wanted to show that that the crowd was there cheering, on, instead of assisting Longa Joe to handle um, the, the bully, they, they were actually enjoying the fight and leaving, and leaving all of it on Longa Joe's shoulder. Yeah,
1: uh, I did. Uh, I did feel that way, you know. It, yeah, because uh, I experienced it too from school. I mean, the bully has really usually manipulates the, uh, the most of the school, and they don't want to. You know, get on the bad side of the bully. And so right. they find everyone, instead of helping, the, they're cheering on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I believe if a crowd speaks up against something wrong, it, it won't pre- prevail. And that's something we really have to encourage each other to, you know, speak up against bullying. And, and so I feel like also the bullies, they should know that because I lean towards the scripture a lot, the Bible, and it says vengeance is the Lord's. So, you know, we need to be good and we'll try to not fight back. And there's a, there's a every dog has its day. The bully will get a good beating a lesson at a certain point and he will learn his lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I wanted to share that um, I, I was bullied when I in the nursery school, I remember, by two brothers. But the, the funny thing is that when we went to primary school, <laughs> we became best friends. And I don't know how that happened. You know, I didn't fight back most of the times, and it was from three occasions they bullied me in the field. But I went reach primary school like everything we forgot and we became friends. So I think you know, the time kind of solves it. You know, if you keep your cool.
0: Right, there are different there are different ways in dealing with bullying. So so for yeah. listeners that joined us late, my guest tonight on this week in interview was with Sharon Darvall. She is the author of many books, but tonight our focus was on longer Joe takes on the bully. And we're dealing with this ever present um, scourge in our, in our human relations called bullying. And we got a double treat tonight because she brought along with her, her illustrator, um, Andrew Jackson, Andrew Jackson Obal. Uh, very, very brilliant work. And when you open the pages, the character jumps out at you, and so and so we had a really good treat. We we are pretty much at the end of our, our allotted hour, um, but Sharon, I'm going to give you a last chance to, to just talk about um, your experiences so far since you since you published your book, and um, and just in general, just talk about talk to folks because uh, I'm trying to encourage folks to read. Um, I'm always encouraging them to read, but especially now that, that folks are stuck indoors, your, your daily routine has changed. Um, it's been almost two months now, so I imagine a good bit of depression is starting to set in. And so by reading, we, we transform ourselves into different locations based on the stories, put ourselves in different, in different scenes. And so reading can be very therapeutic at this time. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to just talk to the audience, the listeners, um, about your about work, about Longer Joe, about bullying, just in general. Um, encourage them to read.
2: First of all, I want to thank everybody who bought this book, and especially the um, producers at um, Offer Press who took Longer Joe to the Miami Book Fair. Uh, it, did, it did very well there. It was at uh, Miami Dead College. I think it was maybe Miguel Murphy must have brought that up, uh, that I must have introduced me. But like, they contacted me, and I said yes. And uh, when they finished with it, there was a whole week of um, literary um, activities. And happens in November every year. So look forward to that. If you're in Miami, they have, they have that coming up. I don't know, for 2020, because of the COVID-19 going on. And it was was um, published through issue wire in Pittsburgh, the magazine plus edition of this book. And I'm very happy what they did, Amanda Walker and all the the, other editorial staff. And as I said, their bullying is becoming a growing problem among teens, parents, and society. And while it is hard to know how to handle bullies, not telling someone, and not stopping the bully can be dangerous. This book, let's was cleverly written, and his actions, while encouraging readers to give insightful thoughts and ponder on their own experiences. So I would like to read us to us. Um, as you think of bullying, as you read the book, or as you buy all the books from bullying, think of that. And attend your literary festivals, wherever they are. Yes, some coming up in cameras, for those in Camrose. at Edmonton, maybe Nova Scotia has Quebec. And they're all at different times. You can find the dates online if they're going to have this year. But on Miami's own was between um, November 21st and 24th, and was well represented. Seeing that I wasn't there, they represented my book very well. And for those who want to write, or those who write and they feel like they cannot publish the book, I am here. I can help. Contact me. I can put it together for you. I'm doing that for many people. And though it takes time, you will have a good book for one day. You can talk; you can come on radio, or you can talk about about, about it, your experiences. Don't stay there suffering on depression or being isolated. For the um, wives, I know many wives who've been bullied by their husband. Um, come out if you want. If you don't want to um, come out because you think you're going to get beat, we can write fiction. You know, they don't have to know it's you. I can help you out. Let's get that. Let us heal together. And I. I encourage um, Anne-Marie Kutemanchi. This is my offer for my next book coming up. Um, I want to bring it up. And I- I'll meet with Anthony Drago in the next coming weeks once it's fully out. The book is called um, Where Are You, Mom? We touch a little bit on bullying, rape, and all that stuff. So let's, let's do it. Let's heal together as a nation, as globally. Let us heal. Let us get this out and become free. As for me, I like reading and writing because it's therapeutic. This is the weapon. No more punches. No more bloodshed. Let's use this weapon. Let's use the brain God gave us. As I said, I can help you. You need art. Andrew is here. <coughs> Thank you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, she tossed it to you. So, yeah, you know, let's take it home. <laughs> let's talk about, you know, what that type of work is, means to you and, and just about your work in general and whatever themes that you want to highlight in your work.
1: Yeah, people should know that visual artists and writers are meant to work together. Yes. In a piece of written work will come to life or in your mind as you read it, but it will it will even be more vivid when there's illustrations to it and set the, the environment for you. For those who have never traveled or been to like Dominica, you can look at the illustrations that the artist puts down and really uh, makes you enjoy the book. And so, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like how Sharon says, uh, you know, people should write and feel the courage to do that, especially in this lockdown time of COVID 19. Yeah. Um, I believe that's a good thing that could save people from depression, you know, take your mind away from the worries. Mm-hmm. And same to the artists, to those who want to draw, get a plain paper and some paint and sit in your room and, you know, make some strokes. You don't have to be the best artist, but just the The good feeling of having drawn something Mm -hmm. takes you away from a moment of depression.
0: Okay, awesome. So listeners, there you have it. My guest tonight on this weekend interview was Miss Sharon Dorival, the author of Longer Joe Takes on the Bully. It's perfect reading for families who are inside. Um, Your kids do online classes, so you, I think, are more involved than you normally would be because you're home in their education. So this is one more tool in your arsenal where um, sometimes there are some difficult um, topics to talk to with your kids, Um, maybe because they're a little bit sensitive, but this is perfect because the book handles so many aspects of bullying and violence and reconciliation and and lessons learned and lessons taught. Um, So get the book, Longer Joe Takes on the Bully, and um, Sharon will be back um, I think next week we're going to we're going to be talking about a completely different topic. We're going to be talking about Alzheimer's, but but tonight we're talking bullying. And she brought along with her Andrew Jackson Obal. Andrew, it was such a pleasure meeting you. Um, I hope I can have you back. Um, to to you know, feel free to reach out um, if you have any work or anything that you want to to promote. Uh, we do mostly radio, but sometimes we do do live as well. Uh, I'll be happy. I'll be very happy to, to help you to, to promote that. And Sharon, of course, you know we have an open mic on, um, on TDN radio. So I, I thank you very much for coming, my listeners. Um, see you next week. Stay safe. Stay away from COVID. If you are in New York, like maybe extra vigilant, like anywhere in the world you are, you have to be vigilant because um, it is, it is um, how you say it, it's invisible. You don't know which encounter, which door that you open to go in, which table you touch, um, which shelf in the supermarket. You have no idea which one is contaminated that gets onto your hands, that gets onto your clothes, that gets onto your face, and that will make you sick. And if you do get sick, I, I hope you, you, I wish you strength, you know. But before mm-hmm. you do, strengthen yourself, get your vitamin C, get your vitamin D. Um, Strengthening your body so that if you do get in contact with the COVID, you give your body the, the best chance possible to fight it. And so, my, my two lovely guests, thank you so much for taking time to come. And I wish you thank uh, you for safe inviting. Safe passage through this perilous time. Thank you for having us, Antony
2: Thank you. All right. Thank,
0: thank you. you. Thank you. Well, listeners, let's do this again next week. Um, like I said, next week we'll be talking about um, Alzheimer's. And, and I have personal experience with Alzheimer's and so does Sharon. And we have one other guest coming on as well, Ms. Catherine Dorset. And um, we'll be handling a very sensitive topic um, that's very, very close to my heart. And most people, so Alzheimer's is so prevalent nowadays that almost everybody has a personal um, attachment to Alzheimer's either in the immediate family or in the immediate family of somebody that they care very much. So tune in next week. Have a good weekend, and and enjoy the rest of the week. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much.
0: All right. God bless you.